The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting Management, or its sponsors. History Allen, celebrating the rich history of Long Island. had won it, Bobby Thompson had done it, and Yogi read the comics all the while. Rock and roll was being born, marijuana we would scorn, so down on the corner the national pastime went on trial. We're talking baseball, Klazuski, Campanella, talking baseball, the man and Bobby Fella, the scooter, the barber and the nuke. They knew them all from Boston to Dubuque Especially Willie Mickey and the Duke Well, Casey was winning Hank Aaron Oh, yes, talking baseball Hi, I'm Dale Spencer, your host of History Island 103.9 FM LA News Radio, and we're going to talk some baseball tonight. Now, if you're not particularly a baseball fan, you might want to still listen in because this is a very interesting show and inspiring. And if you are a baseball fan, well, make sure you're listening in because we got a good show for you tonight. So anyway, and when I grew up, I know in the Bronx as a kid, um, the first thing that I wound up doing when I went out to play was um, we started playing stickball. And I think I was three years old the first time I had the bat in my hand. I couldn't really play very well. But as I grew up, I got to play stickball ball on the streets in the Bronx and then we both went into Little League my brother and I who was four years older than me, thank God for him because he was the guy who turned me on to baseball so early. We were early early baseball fans um, before the New York Mets existed so we were Yankee fans and we lived in the Bronx so there was nothing else to be but a Yankee fan. So our typical day was every morning we'd get up in the summertime especially once we moved out to Long Island where there was a million kids in our neighborhood. So we'd get up, we'd have breakfast, we'd get on our bikes, and we'd go down to the local Sandlot baseball field, where there would be all the local kids hanging out. Um, Hundreds of kids during the day would come to that field. All day, games would go on there. There would be 10, 15 games there every day. Different age groups, different games. There was a couple of fields in there that we could all play on. I don't know if you want to call them fields. They were really sandlots that we put bases on. And um, baseball was our life, basically. And a lot of kids of that generation, that's what it was all about. Uh, Mickey Mantle was our hero. Uh, He was the hero of a lot of people. If you weren't a Mickey Mantle fan, you were probably a Willie Mays fan. And we all grew up with baseball. So baseball was always a part of our lives and it was a part of a lot of people's lives. Well, we have a great guest to come on tonight to talk exactly about that subject. And um, our first guest tonight is going to be Ethel Lerman. Um, She is from Hicksville, Long Island originally, and um, she's been playing baseball all her life. Well, anyway, let's bring her on. Hey, Ethel, how you doing tonight? Uh, Okay, but uh, uh, I'm... I'm Softball, not not baseball. Yes, we know that. Anyway, anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you played a little baseball, right? But mostly softball. Yes. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, I did. I, I did play baseball yeah, for two years here. So, Ethel, um, for our listeners who don't know you, although I think a lot of them do, um, <laughs> tell us when you were born. Um, I was born in uh, born November 24th, 1929. So that makes me 94. And I'm still playing softball. And to this day, still playing softball. Yes, I am. Now, God bless you. That's an amazing accomplishment to be able to do that for that long. When did you really start out playing baseball? Um, in uh, 1947, uh, right after, you know, uh, actually, uh, you know, uh, uh, right after I graduated, uh, I played for the Long Island Clover, you know, the three-leaf clover. Oh, right, Long right. Island, yeah, Long Island Clovers at the uh, Glen Cove City Park in Glen Cove. And uh, uh, oh, always night games we played at night. Oh. And I, we, we played against uh, two uh, New Jersey teams, Bridgeport, Connecticut, and uh, also the Long Island Jewels of Lee, uh, Cedarhurst at the Hickey Field. Long, Long Island. <clears throat> oh, and now, now I don't know if my information is right here, but did you also do a little ball playing in Hicksville High School? Um, I I read something that said you won an MVP there. Uh, um, uh, yeah. I <clears throat> what I did was, uh, um, yeah, Jim. We we played softball. We I played softball, volleyball, hockey. Uh, basketball. I, I, I did it all. I, I love sports. So, uh, but, uh, softball was my, softball was the best. I, I love that the best. And, uh, and I, uh, yeah. And then when I graduated, yeah, uh, they, uh, I was, uh, voted the, uh, the, the best act, the best athlete of my class, of my class. Wow, impressive, I gotta say. Yeah, yeah. And so then you got involved with this league, right? And it was um, the American Girls Softball League. That was where you started playing uh, softball, right? That that's correct. Fast pitch. We uh, we played fast pitch for two years in forty seven and forty eight, and uh, that's when I was at my best. I was the youngest. You know, I was young then, and I led the league in home runs, um, uh, stolen bases, uh, uh, what else? You know, two or three different things, you know, that I was, I, I led the league in, and I got the, that's when I got the most valuable uh, player trophy uh, that, that year in uh, 1947. Wow. Yeah, that's quite impressive. So you weren't just one of the ball players, you were really one of the real MVPs of your team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a we had a very good team. We had a very good team though. Uh, you know, there were a lot of good good players on, on that team. But uh we didn't do too good uh forty seven and forty eight, but uh uh then uh then we uh became a let me see. Uh, uh, oh, in 1949, 
uh, we changed to the uh, American Girls Baseball League. The, the softball league decided to go to the base to baseball, oh. and that's when I played. Yeah, that's when I played uh, uh, baseball at the Freeport Stadium, uh, and uh, we had gotten a sponsor, so we we were known as the Hostess Girls in 1949. Wow, Hostess Cupcakes, right? The Hostess Company sponsored you guys. That's right, that's right. But we had nice uniforms and everything. And uh, and we played against uh, the Murray Girls, the Garfield New Jersey Flashes, Stanford Connecticut Nutmegs, and uh, until... My ma- my manager and coach was suspended. They uh, they skipped a game and were suspended, and that kind of broke us up. You know, that broke my team up. But then uh, the following year, in 1950, um, the first Julies, uh, uh, we were we were formally the Hostess Girls. Uh, but we got another sponsor, Forest Jewelers. Oh, okay. And, uh, yeah, and we played at Freeport Stadium. Hey, um, Ethel, um, we're coming up on the break. So uh, if you want to hang on for a minute, we'll come back and we'll talk more about this after our break. Okay. Okay, so just hang on there. Um, hi, everybody. You are listening to LI News Radio 103.9 FM. I'm Dale Spencer, your history guy, and you're listening to History Island. And we have our special guest at the Lerman tonight, and we're going to bring her back right after the break, so don't go away. everybody, welcome back to History Island, 103.9 FM, LA News Radio, and I'm, of course, Dale Spencer, your host and your history guy. So we've got a very special show going on tonight. We're talking to Ethel Lehman, and she is 94 years old and has been playing baseball since high school, still playing baseball. So, Ethel, when we took a break, uh, we were talking about the team that had started up, the Hostess Girls. Um... Let me see. Uh, well, well uh, yeah, uh, but no, we were we were past the, that. Uh, you know, that's when uh, my uh, the coach got the, the manager and the coach got suspended for skipping a game, and uh, and uh, and so that kind of broke up our team there. But in in the following year, nineteen fifty, we were the we uh, got a new sponsor. To, uh, Forrest Julius, and uh, and we got a new uh, coach, uh, you know, uh, Vinny Iannuzzi, and and because of uh, uh, of of the Forrest Julius, we did very very good. We took uh, uh, we were the champions and uh, received two trophies in 1950 and 1951. Oh wow! What was the name of that team? That that was the Forest Jewelers. Oh, okay. So you were called the Forest Jewelers team. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And uh, and we played at Freeport, back at Freeport Stadium, Freeport, Long Island. And uh, we played against 
you know, the Murray Girls and the Garfield, New Jersey All-Stars, the, the Connecticut Nutmegs and the Hollis uh, New Jersey Girls. And uh, we even had an ex- exhibition game between an all-male um, uh, team. They wanted to play us, Pat's Market, at Free- and we played at Freeport Stadium. And we beat them. We beat the men of twelve to two. <laughs> that is great. They must have gone off the field with their tail between their legs that night, huh? Yeah, yeah. They weren't too happy. But you know, the the last season was nineteen fifty one. You know, and after that, uh, it seems like. Uh, like uh, the the uh, the softball uh, league uh, disbanded, you know. Oh, that's a sad thing. It's a shame because uh, women's softball a great sport, and you guys were very talented. Right, right. You were, of but course, uh, shortstop, right? Well, yeah, I I played only shortstop, uh, and uh, when uh, you know uh, when my uh, husband got it. Uh, an offer to uh, of a job down in uh, Florida. Then we moved down here in Florida, which is where I'm calling you from. Right, you're down and, in Florida uh, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and I and I uh, joined the team. Um, you know, I read in the paper where you know I just had this urge to play softball again. So I I saw in the paper a, a article in the uh, that that a, a young man was starting up a team and uh, age didn't matter, and uh, I'm sure he meant twelve or thirteen year olds. But well, I got up enough nerve and called them and said, you know, I'm I'm forty two. Uh, you know, you said age didn't matter, but I didn't think you meant you know older ones. But I'm forty two, but I I love softball and uh, you know. Uh, I'd like to try out for the team. And he said, uh, sure, come on down. Well, I made that team. And I, and, and I not only made that team, I made it one in Clearwater. And uh, I think uh, uh, I so I would play in Dunedin, all the way to Dunedin from Largo. I'd play a game there, early game, go in the gas station, change my uniform, and on the way back to Largo, stop at Clearwater and play another game, and then and then went home. And uh, so I I was the one, you know, coming in uh, all dirty from sliding and everything <laughs> with my, with my uh, five kids. Uh, sitting, you know, uh, greeting me, you know. <laughs> and and of course, of course. Now, in the break between when you played up here and you started playing down there, you raised a family of five children, right? Yes, that's right. That's a pretty that's amazing right. accomplishment, too. Yeah, five in five years. That's that's you know that's what I did. Five and I had I felt like I was, uh, you know. <clears throat> I, I was running around so much in, in my house with five little kids that, uh, you know, I thought I had played about a double and a half, uh, a, a double header sometimes. I can only imagine having five kids is quite a job itself. Yeah, yeah. Well, I had I had a set of twins. I had a boy, then I had twin boys, and then I had uh, two girls. 
Oh, very so, nice. Uh, but then, uh, now, I'm also now um, grandma of nine and and great-grandma of five. Wow, that is a wonderful thing. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, I love them all. <laughs> and I guess they must be pretty amazed that you're still at this point playing baseball, right? And you oh. you had told me that you go bowling a couple of nights a week, you play baseball a couple of nights, and you also run, right? Yes, that's right. Yeah, I run, uh, that's right. I run, I run two times a week also. And a seventh day I rest. <laughs> I go to church and take it easy. Yeah, you have to have a day of rest somewhere in there, right? <laughs> yeah, right, right. Okay, so now eventually you get on that team in Florida, and um, you're in your 40s at that point, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, so I was doing good, you know, uh, playing with these young gals. They were 18 to 21, you know, and... Uh, and then when I got to be 50, uh, went for my normal, you know, annual checkup. And I asked the doctor, oh, it's okay if I continue on? He says, uh, well, I don't know. You tell me you slide. Uh, he says, you, you, you can break a bone or, you know, or your back. You can break a leg or your back. Well, he, he did a job on my brain. And I, after that, I, I couldn't I couldn't slide anymore. Oh, he got it into your head that it might hurt you to slide, right? Yeah, yeah. So I didn't want to hurt my uh, young young uh, players, so uh, I decided to to quit. You know, so that's when I uh, I, I quit. You know, <clears throat> uh, that was down here in Florida. But then I I picked it up again and. You see, what was it? Two oh four, yeah, two thousand four. Um, my husband got an invitation to to try out for the kids and cubs, and uh, he was like seventy six. I was only, I know he was seventy eight. I was only seventy four. So, uh, so he came, and uh, uh, he he came and. Uh, 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 I I went along with them, you know, and we both made the team. <laughs> <laughs> so, That's great. Yeah, so I've been with them. Uh, I'm the longest playing player that they have, and I'm the old. You know, of course, I'm the oldest. So uh, the the men are really really nice to me. You know, I mean, uh, you know, they. Uh, I mean, I just do a normal high fly ball, and it comes to me, and they they think that's terrific, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I'd be pretty impressed watching you play too, um, you know. I would, yeah, and I would, and I'd say, well, it was right to me, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly right. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, uh, it's it's uh, it's a lot of fun, and. Uh, I tell I tell everybody, you know, uh, I'm going to live to. Uh, I'm going to be playing baseball with the kids, uh, softball with the kids and Cubs at uh, at uh, 105, and I'm going to uh, uh, hit a home run, and I'm going to die at home plate. <laughs> that is a way to go in life. You live to 105, yeah. and you die doing the thing that you love. I love that idea. Yeah. 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 That's a, 
Yeah, of course, God could have other other plans. Well, that's, uh, yeah, that's fate and we're all in God's hands. There's no doubt about that. Um, right, right. You know, right. we um we would love, me and my wife at some point, when we're down in Florida, we would love to come and see you play. Oh, well, we uh, the kids and cubs play every uh, uh, Tuesday and Thursday. Uh, uh we have two games, you know, early game at 9.30 and the other one uh, shortly after that one ends, you know, around close to 11, 10, uh, uh, around 11. And, uh, uh, but only, uh, like, we're in uniform. It's official at the end of March to, uh, when, when do we stop? I think it's, uh, uh, no, wait a minute. Uh, it's hey, Ethel, hang on one second. We're going to go to one more break. Just hang on. I got oh, another okay. question to ask you, and then uh, we'll be right back, okay? okay? You're listening to History Island, 103.9 FM, LI News Radio. Hey, so we're back on History Allen on 103.9 FM, Ally News Radio. I'm Dale Spencer, your host. Before we go any farther, as usual, I want to thank two people that I really couldn't get by doing this show without. And one is my producer, John Gifford. Thanks a lot, John. And the other is Janet Rishbeter, our research director. And I thank you both. Like I said, could never do the show without you two. So anyway, um, if you guys are are out and you need a limousine to bring you somewhere, um, go to Long Island Elite Limo in St. James, New York. They can be reached at 631-331-5466. They're a full-service limo company. They can do any kind of event you want. Uh, Weddings, winery trips, trips to a concert, tailgate parties, uh, Broadway plays, a simple trip to a doctor, or, of course, the most common use, trip to the airport, any airport that you want to go to. So give them a call, 631-331-5466. And um, also, when you're out and about and you're in Nest Concert, go to the Handy Pantry, 279 Smithtown Boulevard in Nest Concert. They're a full-service, great breakfast, lunch, and dinner, kind of a deli, really, a big supreme deli. Rolls, coffee, um, great cold cut specials. Um, they can do all kinds of things that you want to do. So uh, check them out. See Scotty and his crew over there at the Handy Pantry, and they'll take good care of you. So anyway, we're going to get back to our special guest tonight, and um, that's Ethel Lerman. And so, uh, Ethel, um, are you still on with us? Yes, I am. Oh, great. So uh, one thing I wanted to ask you about was, so you're 94 and you're still playing baseball, and also you do some running, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, I do the I do the, um, uh, the turkey trot, you know, which is a, uh, you know, a 5K uh, at Clearwater every Thanksgiving morning. Yeah. Wow. And I, yeah, and I, uh, you know, I'm... Um, you know, much slower. <laughs> Every year, it get, I get a little slower, but but I'm still uh, getting in under 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 an hour. 
<laughs> now, I'm sure everyone has always asked you this question, but what do you attribute your great health and, and still being able at 94 to play all these sports to? How did you get through life and stay so healthy? Uh, well, uh, just just exercise, you know. I've always always exercised, and uh, and that's uh, that's what I tell everybody. Uh, you know that if you exercise, uh, it, you know it it just you know gets the blood going through your body, and uh, I it, I don't know. It just you know it just, it just has kept me very very healthy. Uh, yeah, staying active like that. Um, yes. Well, quite impressive, Ethel. Um, me and my wife, Janet, are going to be down in Florida to see you play, and I'll be glad to shake your hand and watch you play a game. Yeah, yeah, be sure and introduce yourself. Oh, I sure will. I will not make a mistake of not doing that. So anyway, it's been great to have you on, and uh, we'll check back with you from time to time to see how things are going down there. Okay. Okay. Hey, thanks a lot for coming on. We really appreciate it. Okay. Thanks for having me. Okay. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Okay. Now we're going to go on to another baseball segment. And um, before we start that, I just want to play a little piece of another Terry Cashman baseball song. I'm talking baseball. Now Tommy was terrific. Amazing baseball. Glendennin was prolific, but and Champ and Agee stood the test. And the glider and the crane, they were the vets. I'm talking baseball, baseball and the Mets. Well, of course, that's another version of Terry Cashman's playing baseball, and that's the Mets version, the New York Mets. We all know them. We all love them. And, um, well, what we are going to talk about a little bit tonight is one of the great Mets you heard him mention there in the song, and that was Buddy Harrelson. Buddy Harrelson, of course, wasn't just a Met. He was a World Series winning Met, and then he went on to have a long career involved with the Long Island Ducks and doing all kinds of charity work on Long Island. He's a man who really, really did so much for Long Island. Of course, he just passed away recently. And, um, well, what we're going to do is we're going to bring on somebody to talk about him, um, a very special guest tonight, and uh, that's Mike Faith. And Mike Faith is the president and chief business officer of the Long Island Ducks, someone who knew Bud very well. Hey, Mike, how you doing tonight? I'm doing well, thanks. How are you? Good, good. Yeah, so um, we love that. By the way, thank you for everything you've done over the years with the Ducks. I know you're heavily involved with everything over there. It's been a great organization just helping the community out and making an affordable way for people to see baseball. Well, it's our pleasure. I appreciate you uh, enjoying it. Yeah, I think uh, we could say pretty much anyone listening to the station at some point has been to Duck Stadium and seen a game, if not many games. And if not, hopefully they'll come this year. Opening uh, night is April 25th, and there will be 63 more chances to see your Ducks in 2024. Excellent. Now, um, uh, I'm sure you knew Buddy very well with all his involvement, right? Um, uh, let me ask you, um, how, how did he get started, do you know, with the Ducks? Well, Buddy was um, 
partnered with Frank Bolton, who is, of course, a very well-known uh, Long Island uh, businessman and philanthropist himself. And Buddy and Frank were partners in the Wilmington Blue Rocks, uh, which was a Kansas City Royals affiliate at the time. And, uh, you know, Frank's goal was always to bring professional baseball to Long Island. He thought that he had a deal to do that with a minor league Yankees affiliate in uh, the very early 90s, maybe 1991. Uh, but when that failed, um, he partnered with Buddy. They founded the Wilmington Blue Rocks or brought them back. Um, and uh, they had a successful partnership there, but both lived on Long Island. And, uh, you know, Bud had made Long Island his home when he was a player with the Mets and then a coach and then a manager and then a front office uh, executive. You know, so he was uh, a Long Islander, um, you know, despite growing up in, in California in the San Francisco area. He was a Long Islander from the time he came to the Mets, you know, straight through uh, you know, to his death uh, earlier this month. So. He, um, he really loved Long Island, and, and of course, Frank was uh, you know, born and grew up on Long Island as well. So uh, they wanted to bring professional baseball to Long Island, and, and this is a show about history on Long Island, and if you know your Long Island history, you know there's never been anything like the Long Island Ducks. Uh, you know, there certainly wasn't when I was growing up here. So uh, to have the affordable fan entertainment, to have minor league baseball, have a professional product that people could be proud of, uh, $15 tickets and free parking. You know, at this point, we're, we're cheaper than the movies. I should say more affordable. We're not cheap. But, you know, it's really a, a testament to um, the idea that Frank and Buddy had, knowing that this market would really love uh, a product like this because it would be so unique. And, um, you know, if we, if we do it right, and uh, by right, we mean cleanest, safest, most fan-friendly and affordable way for people to spend their discretionary dollars. If we can live up to that ethos, then, you know, people will come back and, and they have for 24 years. Um, you know, we welcomed uh, 9 million fans or we'll welcome our 9 million fan this year, I should say. And uh, a lot of that uh, is because of those two gentlemen. And, and it started with the two of them, Frank and Buddy founding the Ducks uh, and starting the team. Its first game was played in April of 2000. Yeah, very impressive. Like, I remember when I first went to a Ducks game in the beginning, uh, I didn't realize that Buddy would be such a public face of the team and how everyone knew him and how he dealt with the kids and he was out front there at every game. Very, very impressive um, to have him do that. And of course, everyone who grew up here, you're right, in this era of expensive baseball, you go into the Mets or Yankees Stadium now and you bring your family and you can spend a big buck trying to go to just one game. And um, the Ducks, it's a whole different story. It's affordable. Nobody's paying for parking even over there at Ducks Stadium. Yeah, there's no question, and and we have uh, you know an excellent product on the field as well. Uh, you know, it is a, it is about entertainment and affordable entertainment, but it's also about making sure that your product's a good product, and the, and the team on the field reflects what the region wants to see, which is winning baseball. That is so, right. Um, yeah. You know, we 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 had uh, you know a team last year where on our opening day, 27 man roster. We had uh, 15 big leaguers and, and nine guys with AAA time. So, uh, you know, very experienced league. Uh, we, we generally tend to skew as experienced as any team in the league. And we've been very successful. You know, we've made the playoffs 16 times in the past 19 years. We've 
into uh, nine championship series. We've won four championships, and we've got over 100 players back to major league organizations after playing on Long Island. So it's been very successful on the field as well as off the field. Oh, I didn't realize it was 100 players back to the major leagues. I knew there was quite a number of them that we've seen. Wow, that's that. Over 100. That is very impressive. Um, the whole operation is so impressive, and you know, it couldn't happen to better people. You guys are so great. Frank, Buddy, you, you are, I know, a big part of the organization there. And um, Thank you so much. So let me um, ask you, uh, do you have any real impressions of Buddy that you might want to share with us? Well, you know, it's, it's funny because he made everybody feel like they were very, uh, you know, important to him and and i was no different you know i remember my first day pulling up to the stadium i was actually there for an interview in 2002 and uh he walked in front of my car and kind of waved to me like he'd known me forever i'd never met the man before (laughs) so you know he really did have a unique talent Uh, i've said that a couple of times the past few weeks but you know, he made people think that he was their friend. And, and, you know, even if he didn't know you or didn't remember meeting you and, and you remembered it, he certainly let you know that he remembered and, and people really enjoyed that about him. Um, and, you know, but he was so important to the Ducks and he had kind of a routine at the ballpark uh, on game nights where he would spend the pregame uh, walking up and down the sidelines and uh, on the warning track there and um, signing autographs for everybody, sitting in the home dugout, signing some more autographs. He'd catch the first pitch from the, the uh, sponsor of that evening's game, take pictures down on the field, and then he would coach first base for an inning before heading up to the suites in his uniform and visiting everybody in the, in the luxury suites and taking pictures and um, you know every night making making a lot of new friends and a lot of people that have those memories. I know that there are a ton of autographed Bud Harrelson baseballs on people's shelves and mantles all throughout Long Island that went to a duck game over the years. And um, he did not rest until every autograph was signed. So we very often had to cut lines off because as long as there was a line, Buddy was going to sign. And at some point we all wanted to go home. So we had to <laughs> cut the line off. And, uh, you know, he also set, um, you know, kind of a, a culture there that was, very fan and very family friendly. You know, we, we are, um, a family friendly organization and experience. And I, I remember my very first year there, we were in one of those luxury suites, um, uh, on a ducks game night and, but he was signing autographs and taking pictures with the people in the suite. And, and we heard somebody yelling outside and buddy kind of looked up to me like, Hey, you know, do you hear that? What's going on out there? And uh, I said, let me, I'll, I'll check it out and I'll take care of it. And I opened the door and of course the yelling got louder and it was somebody in the suite next to us who was yelling at an umpire and letting him know what he thought about the calls so far that evening. And uh, before I could walk over to the person, Buddy came out onto the suite ledge and he leaned over and he tapped the person on the shoulder and he said, Hey, and the guy turned around and immediately was disarmed. Here was Bud Harrelson in full uniform. And Buddy said to him, we don't do that here. And he didn't say it to him, you know, like a tough guy or confrontationally or anything like that. He said it to him like, Hey, we don't do that here. You know, don't do. And, and the person immediately 
said, oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Harrelson. I'm, I love you. I love the dogs. I'm sorry. I won't do that again. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> that was, was the end of that problem. <laughs> it was the end of that. And, and, you know, everyone went back to you know having a good time. But um, that was kind of the way he carried himself. And, and you know, uh, that was a culture that was established early on. And it is there to this day. And really, uh, it is our honor and duty to carry on his legacy by playing Ducks baseball and, and continuing to do just that. So uh, his legacy lives on as long as we play. That's right. He's irreplaceable, but God bless you guys because you're all carrying that on. Um, I happened to meet, uh, the first time I met Buddy was actually at the Colonial Spring Golf Course, and he was playing at a charity golf outing. And I happened to walk into the room, and I didn't know he was there. And he, I saw him, and I walked up to say hello. And he did that same thing. He, he looked at me, and he said hello, and we started talking. And he made me feel like I had known him for 20 years at that point. It was just that yeah. manner that he had about him, which was so special. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Very special guy. And, uh, you know, he's missed. Uh, he has been missed. A lot of people have asked us. You know, are you planning on doing something for Bud? Will there be a public ceremony? And I'm so glad to say that we did that when he was still here with us and could appreciate it and see how much people cared for him. Um, you know, if there's one, I've had family members who have had Alzheimer's. Obviously, you know, we've seen Bud go through it. Um, it's a terrible disease and uh, it robs so many of their dignity. But, uh, the one, if there is a positive, the one thing is that at least you can make plans and at least, you know, um, you know, people can tell you what they feel before you go. And, uh, in August of 2018, you know, Bud was diagnosed in 2016. Right. And in 2018, we had a night at the ballpark where we retired his number. We invited ex-teammates, all of his family, his friends, his uh, colleagues, uh, people from our, our organization, everybody showed up, uh, former employees, and, and of course, all the public. It was, uh, you know, obviously it was a Ducks game, and we all wore purple jerseys, which is the uh, color for Alzheimer's awareness. Everybody wore number three for Buddy, which was his number. Wow. <clears throat> we retired number three that night, and we gave him a great send-off. Uh, elected officials were there, Congressman Peter King, Suffolk County Executive Steve Ballone, uh Supervisor Carpenter. Uh, it was a great night. Well, a great night for one of our great Long Islanders, and I don't say that lightly. Absolutely. So we did it while he was here, and the, and the family had a private ceremony after he passed. And, uh, you know, so the ceremonies have happened, but certainly we'll continue to remember Bud at the ballpark. We will have something on opening night, and uh, we will wear a patch on our uh, left chest throughout the course of uh, next season in his honor. Oh, that's a wonderful thing. Yeah, well-deserved. Absolutely. And words can't even cover it, really. Well, anyway, um, I thank you so much, Mike, for coming on. Um, we're definitely going to have you guys back on during the season at some point if you want to talk more about the Ducks themselves and what's going yeah, on. And uh, we want to talk a little more about the organization because we're all pretty excited about the Bolton Center opening up again, too, which is, of course, I know Frank was instrumental in that happening. 
He sure was, yeah. It's a performing arts center on Main Street in Bayshore, and Frank has uh, reopened it. Uh, it was part of the YMCA's umbrella up until uh, COVID shuttered uh, the doors. And, uh, you know, Frank has brought it back online. And it's uh, really a fantastic venue. If you haven't seen a show there, uh, the website is boltoncenter.org and B-O-U-L-T-O-N, Bolton, boltoncenter.org. And it's a really nice uh, way to enjoy an evening. Of course, Bayshore has, you know, so many fine restaurants and places to go and have a cocktail or a meal before the show. Um, but it really is, uh, there's not a bad seat in the house. And it is just like the Ducks, very affordably priced. Yes, and that's one of the wonderful things, because in this world today, we all really need that. A lot of people need affordably priced things. And um, all I can say is it's been an honor to have you guys on the show. I thank you so much for coming on and talking about Buddy a little bit. And we'll talk uh, as the summer goes on a little more. That sounds great. Thanks for having me, and you have a great night. Okay, thank you. Take care. Okay, so everybody, uh, that's been basically, uh, we've talked about a lot of baseball on this show, and you see a couple of people who did really great job on Long Island with their baseball lives. Ethel is amazing. I don't know how a person could be playing baseball and running 5Ks in 94, but Buddy Harrelson was one of our big, big people, and thank you, Mike, and thank you, Frank Bolton, for doing everything you've done, and Buddy was a big part of that. Um, so anyway, um, before we go, we're just going to tell you um, the Long Island Music and Entertainment Hall of Fame up in Stony Brook Village has decided to extend the great My Life Billy Joel uh, exhibit up there. You should all go check it out. And it's going to run through most of the rest of this year. So get on up there and take a visit. You will love it. Um, if you love Billy Joel, if you love music, if you love Long Island music and grew up here, there's a lot of amazing exhibits up there and things to talk about. And so anyway, everybody, I really thank you for coming tonight. It was a really nice show. Um, I hope you all really enjoyed it. And uh, we'll be back next week with another show. And uh, when the Islanders aren't going to preempt us, you're listening to LI News Radio 103.9 FM. And I'm Dale Spencer, your host of History Island. Good night and take care of each other, everybody.